0: And welcome to AFL tonight, arenafan.com's look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with Ben Frattinelli.
1: Ooh,
0: <laughs> Wow, John Stark. Oh, man. Interesting. What's up? It, it's not. Yeah, I know. It's it, it's not the time that we really wanted to. You know, we're hoping to have a show about expansion. What's coming up for the 2020 season? And now uh, we are having a show which could possibly lead up to the extinction of the Arena Football League and. It's I think all of us have heavy hearts. I mean, the fans came out. I mean, everybody's phones I think were blowing up like maniacs on Tuesday when this when this thing actually dropped, guys, and it's I mean, I think John, I think John, you were the first to see it. And I think then it went my I think Ben and then myself or vice versa, but when you saw this story come out and not from the league, but came out from the from the Albany Times Union, what was
1: uh what was your your first thought into your head well thankfully i was already sitting down because i would have needed to um man i just was like my immediate thought was like i need to share this right now mm-hmm. but i was shocked like it was a gut-wrenching thing to read almost like i was reading fake news or this was like the onion mm-hmm. I, oh that oh, it's it's too much it was too much to process and i i still i'm still just in shock right now yeah, it's, it's something that we expected. I mean, Ben, what about yourself?
2: Yeah, I, I had a similar reaction. It's it's like you know, it was, it's like when a death happens and you immediately have to start like addressing things. Yes. Like we got to post about it. I got to make content for this. Yeah. You know, we have to like tell people about this, and you're not really getting time to like actually have it sink in. And um, happy Halloween, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out turns out the ghosts from the, the AFL's past came back to haunt them and that's pretty special for our little halloween celebration. Oh, it's pretty spooky what's happening. Yeah. Um anyway, it's very upsetting obviously. Uh it's a little bit different than 2008. I mean, we both have point of references when yeah. this previously occurred mm-hmm. and there was a bunch of fan support for trying to get the league back on track and reaching out to owners and 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 pushing from, you know, doing a groundswell And the the interesting difference between that feeling and this feeling is that this is a little bit more hopeless in the sense that you can't will away the lawsuit. (laughs) There's a lawsuit hanging over the league that is preventing them from operating essentially as usual. And that's not going to go away. You can't, you know, throw a bunch of support behind it. You can't start a GoFundMe. Although Mike Falvo of the Albany empire has, Launched a to GoFundMe to do this. It. So it, there's just a bit of a powerless feeling here. I don't know if you agree or how you see it versus 2008, Tim. Well, I mean, I think the most
0: recent um, episode that we went through was was when it looked bleak, whether it was real or whether it was contrived. The the thing with the CBA, you know, we thought right. they were. You know, yeah, because there were there were tweets and stuff going out saying this could be it. I remember putting on my thing on social media saying, you know, if this is the end, dot, dot, dot. And uh, for us, it just, it's so strange to say, you know, we, we're, we love the sports so much, but we're just gluttons for punishment.
2: <laughs> we- yeah. Yeah. Being an AFL fan is not an easy choice. Um, and, and same with the CBA situation with the CBA situation and with the 2008 situation, There was the feeling that someone could make a decision that was positive, Mm -hmm. like someone could decide to resolve the CBA situation. Someone could decide to push forward through the bankruptcy. Uh, But in this situation, it's like, yes, they can decide the touring league, which we'll, we'll talk about in a second, but they're still handcuffed to a huge degree. So it's a it's a crazy sensation. I mean, what a shocking out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. No kidding.
0: And, and I had the same reaction, too. I, I didn't know what to say. I, I probably was uh, just stunned. I was gobsmacked. Am I using that word right? That um, is the
2: perfect use of gobsmacked. Yeah. Thank you, Tim Capper. While <laughs> you following along at home.
0: And it, it was just like I was in disbelief. I, you know, I'm standing at my desk. I'm like, I, I, yes, I got a post. You have post. a standing desk? I got, yeah, my, my new standing desk. I got a okay. post. I got a post. I had to post it, and I'm like, it's like, oh, I'm gonna miss my bus. Oh well, you know, it's like, I right, care, right, right. You know, I don't care if I miss my bus or not. I'm, I, this is something that has to get out there because it's, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a part of our fabric, part of my fabric. So it's, yeah, it's, I, I don't, it's, again, gluttons, and it's, it's just, how are we gonna feel? Okay. You know, I've seen possible dead, you know, drop dead dates or what I've speculated based on what was in the actual lawsuit itself, which is, which, as you said, we'll talk about. Um, how are we going to feel then? <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. You know, I don't want to feel that way.
2: Right. Well, right now we're almost getting like a, a, a three week soft landing into <laughs> a, a disastrous <laughs> emotional state. So, like, we're, we've we almost got a little bit of preparation time for that for that date. <laughs> and when that hits, the permanence of that is going to be uh, traumatizing. Uh, a lot of people keep bringing up, oh, you're going to follow the IFL or the NAL? Like, for some people, that's actually an option. Like, the mm-hmm. AFL's death is not necessarily the death of their enjoyment of spring indoor football. But right. it's not for us, I guess. I don't know if you guys agree, but I don't think it's ever I, really been for us. I agree.
0: I agree. I would maybe in passing because yeah. I know I know some people in, in, in executive positions in the IFL, uh, you know, like Ryan Iker with uh with San Diego. Right. So maybe in passing, you know, i watch um I think really probably the IFL, even though I, I know it's a different game, but no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't follow any other league uh <laughs> as 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 much as I do now. Just, I don't think I, I can't. You know, as I said, thirty years? No. Nah.
2: Yeah. I mean, once you've tasted Shake Shack, I mean, Burger King just doesn't taste the same. You know what I mean? (laughs) And we grew up with such an elite product. The AFL, for all its faults and for its peaks and valleys, was still always the perennial premier indoor football experience. It still
0: is. It it still is. And whether it's gone, it still will be. Exactly. In, 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 In the history books, you mean? Yes,
2: Oh, for sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, because as I said, because I was on a podcast the other night, uh, stadium, the Stadium Journey podcast with them after literally the, the day that it broke, and if you listen to it, you, you you'll understand that I I didn't have words to say. I could not get the words out, but lost train of thought. Let's continue. God, I, I, okay, I, sure. I knew I was going to say something, but
2: it's, well, it's a, it's a you know we're all in an emotional state here. Tim yeah. it's it's fair enough.
0: Oh, no, oh, I know it's okay. Sorry. Oh, he's but, back. It was that the Arena Football League started indoor football. People need to remember that. People can be as nasty and negative and throw as much shade as they want about the supposed demise of the Arena Football League. But what these schmucks need to remember—
2: Oh, damn, he's going off.
0: —is that if it wasn't for the AFL and Jim Foster— you would not exist.
2: Period. Ooh, Period. Facts, big facts.
0: So Yes yeah, so or no, I would I wouldn't watch any other league.
2: <laughs> I mean I, I definitely just as a as a footnote, I fully support the IFL. I think yeah. I as, as I don't watch it, but the fact that there's a long running uh stable other, uh, I wouldn't say the NAL is stable at all, which is fair given its youth, but the IFL is, is a rock that has somehow survived and has kept teams like the Rattlers and Barnstormers alive, and I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, gives, gives I, me, I could have seen, yeah. Gives
0: me the, another team to continue to hate.
2: Well, there you go. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about the touring model. Well, Tim, first, you wait, well John,
0: up? you haven't been in the,
2: the, the Arena League
0: circle as long as Ben and I have, but what, what about you? I mean, could you move on? Or even though the, these past three, three-plus years, it's made it left such an indelible mark in your brain that you would not be able to follow any other indoor type of football?
1: I just wouldn't enjoy it. It's not that I wouldn't be willing to try. I just know I wouldn't enjoy watching NAL, IFL, you know, any of these other indoor leagues, I know I wouldn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, there would be no indoor football without the AFL. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think what might, I think the only, I mean, my barrier somewhat with the IFL and with the NAL is sort of not knowing what the players are paid. If I if I if if the leagues got to a point where they were paying players fairly and at the same scale the AFL was and uh, you know had a commissioner and an organization that felt very premier and like they're putting out a top shelf product, I could see myself starting to get into that because it would be it would have the same talent as the AFL. I mean that that's one of the barriers too. Yeah, the NAL has good players and I they pay them okay, but there's definitely a barrier just with payment. You're not going to attract the same talent when you're paying half or less of the amount that you were getting in the AFL. Right. So if they somehow were able to scale up, which I don't see happening because nothing's ever profitable in this industry, um, if that were to happen and they got the same kind of players, maybe, and the brand was really good, I don't know. We'll see, down the line. But this is one of those scars that doesn't heal. No. Uh, and, you know, we just got to deal with it. Yeah. XFL is coming.
0: The... <laughs> <laughs> the um, you were talking about the the actual uh, uh, lawsuit itself and I didn't think of any of this and, and you know what I, as much as I didn't think anything of it guys uh, Ivan Soto actually sent me the documents on the 20th of October didn't wow. think a thing about it didn't send it to you didn't send it to you know to John I didn't send it to you Ben I didn't think a thing of it and then when it rears its head, you know, eight days later, nine days later, I was like, holy crap. And, and then I started reading it. I was like, oh, man. And as you mentioned at the top of the show, the, the, the ghosts are coming back to
2: bite us in the butt. And, 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 and to a few of those ghosts or those named in the lawsuit are speaking of the IFL, the mm-hmm. rattlers and the barnstormers and the sharks and the NAL yep. who, I mean, that's interesting. And I don't, I'm not in those communities necessarily, so I don't know whether they're talking about this, but that's kind of a big deal. This could totally screw over those leagues too. Yeah. No, no, I,
0: I agree. And, and there's a story put out, um, story put out in the Arizona paper and they they were talking about specifically about you know uh, Arizona was in this league, you know the league's going to be folding da, da, da. again the misnomer the the league is folding right there and then, but I added to the comment it 's like what he forgot to mention is that uh your team in Arizona, as you said Ben, those three teams are named in this lawsuit. How can this not affect you yeah, right, unless you think you're Bulletproof. Uh, it's some as we've seen. <laughs> unfortunately, the AFL many lawsuits <laughs> have come and gone, but this is the one when we were at a time where I think most people will, you guys will agree, is that things looked up. Last year was very positive.
2: Yeah, that's the worst. That's the worst part of it. Um, it's it's that the last year was such a positive experience for everyone. Great growth, uh, great solidification of what the league's been building on and attempting to salvage and and move forward toward the future and developing the new model. and and I think one of the worst feelings about this whole situation is that it's not the fault of Bo and company. It's no. It's not, you know there's no one to blame besides Jerry Kurz and the, you know, the ghosts of the past. Yeah. it's It's just like this blindsided hit that's you just feel bad for everyone. I mean, I, I Something that's really been hitting me a lot over the last couple of days is that the, we work in the AFL. We love the AFL with all our hearts, and you know we do have jobs that are not related to the AFL, and we have livelihoods that are supported by other things, but right. yeah. the players don't necessarily. I mean, they could go to the NAL. They could go to other indoor leagues, but the pay is, you know, who knows what the insurance is. You know, all oh, of that yeah. stuff is completely uncertain, and who knows if they're even – remotely close to those teams and so this this affects their lives so significantly and that that's been killing me because that's just such a heartbreaking thing to think about and uh, just the helplessness of that not that these guys can't bounce back and, and figure out their own situations but it's much different for them and and it's like coaches have latitude they can go to college teams they could go to high school teams even I mean you know that's actually not a terrible alternative but players can't go back to college can't go back to high school uh they they you know have to now reconcile with their employer no longer existing and it's a very specialized profession so i don't know it's that's just killing me these days
1: what do you think john i'm with ben man i i've talked to a few players over the last 48 hours and they're asking me what I'm thinking, and it's just like, ah, it's too much. I, I, can't, I can't even imagine what it means for some of these guys that started making good money within the last year or two in the AFL, and now all of a sudden it's like, psh, well, sorry, guys.
0: Yeah, not, unfortunately not everybody can be a Malachi Jones and be drafted into the XFL.
2: Right, yeah, right. I, I was know. explaining to someone – on a, an arena football Facebook group who was like, oh, it's okay. All the all the players will just go to the XFL. I was like, it, it, first of all, every single AFL player could have been invited to the XFL. No one was on contract. Everybody had the opportunity. And only, I don't know what even the official count is. What, like five or six players were I selected? Think, yeah, or, yeah, I don't even think I less. Think,
1: yeah. I think we might have made it up to eight. Okay, but I, mean, I don't that, know so if every single you know, one of
2: them is going to stay with their team, right? Right, right. And so it's not like the XFL is this option that's easy to, to move toward whatsoever because the AFL. Is It's a specialty of a specialty. It's like not only are you a football player, but your game tape is arena football, which everyone has come to the understanding over the last 15 years. That's a very different sport. The the tape doesn't translate. The AFL doesn't produce many outdoor professional football players. And that's been fine because the AFL has developed into a more sustainable career path because the pay is higher and players are staying in the league and it's developing career players, which has been great. But now, where do they go next? It's That's true. the thing.
0: And and so some of these guys who haven't gotten sniffs at all, whether it be from the XFL, you know, the game is kind of uh, similar to what the CFL is. But again, you like you're saying, you have to be – you, you got to be invited. You got to be noticed. You know, yeah. um, most recently, you know, luckily, Greg Reed got his shot. And there have been others that have gone to the CFL. But it's – yeah, I saw. I saw you mention that. Uh, uh, your comment on that, on that thing on Facebook. I was like, what? What cr- type of of crack are you on? <laughs> I
2: was like, come on, dude. Right to think that just all these players will be fine and find other opportunities. I mean, you look at someone like Darius Prince, a- incredible AFL player, one of the best players we've seen in so many years, and he, even he didn't get invited I know. to the XFL. Like, that just blows my mind. And that just goes to show the situation everybody's in now.
0: Yeah. Now, yeah, look, absolutely. Um, no, and you, just like me, just like you, John, I, I had a couple of, of uh, I spoke with a couple of coaches. I spoke with a couple of players. And, you know, one of the players that I spoke with has been in the league for quite a long time. And, you know, it's a matter of, he's like, dude, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to do. And it's... It, it, it can. It's. I, I don't know what you know. I mean, I did reach out to to a few others too. I, mean, I even reached out to to said Bonner
2: because he hadn't heard heard it either. I was the first one to tell him. It's insane. The way this news broke was absolutely absurd. Uh, I mean, I guess it. You know, you can't blame people for being told when the news broke right. necessarily, but like all the teams suddenly found out. Basically, when the article came out, and it wasn't a press release, and no one was given but if, any notice. True, but if the players
0: and stuff were told, like it mentioned, like it was mentioned in, I guess, in the, the Times Union article, and then I guess somewhat told in in the statement from Commissioner Bo, why didn't it blow up then? Were they told not to say anything that a a release is going to go out? I, I you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, get all their all their pieces and cues together before, with all the other teams before they announce something right and that's that's something that we hope to ask when we do have a chance to speak with commissioner Bo. just that type of question i mean it's we, you know we've always been very candid with him he's always been very open and and by the way let's real quickly commissioner Bo, from what we heard on the interview in atlantic city he's been very open he's been very open to us and that—that's—I think—that's people need to look at him as somebody who does like who does love this league. He could easily blow us off, and say, you know, just give us the the standard, uh, you know, uh, politician answer. we Ben, you, we've gotten that many many a time with others. Yeah, you know, right.
2: It's night and day with him. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. Um, but hearing him talk about the legacy costs and this. M- were you surprised with the amount of money, John, when you saw how much it was that the uh, that the uh, lawsuit was going for?
1: Frankly, yeah, I really was, and I just thought to myself, "Wow, did these people really wait until the league started to do well to pull this?" Yeah, that doesn't right. make sense Either I know,
0: I I don't get it. I mean, Ben, I'm sure you I, you, you had to been surprised too. I mean, you saw that yeah, the yeah. I'm guessing
2: million. that that the timing. Well, timing wise, I'm, I'm wondering if the uh, pursuants in the lawsuit uh, saw, you know, Ted Leontis is bankrolling this thing. Maybe they'll just pay out. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know that the dollar figure necessarily like blew my mind because that's a lot of insurance over several years. But uh, the fact that that dollar figure, you know, it's just public. We know it. Two point mm-hmm. four million or something. Two point four five. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Two point four five. Uh, you know, that being this roadblock that the AFL can't necessarily overcome, and we all know that the court system is you know, snail pace. We're gonna be waiting quite a while before this is ever settled,
0: unless so, unless yeah. the the option of arbitration actually is looked at seriously or somebody makes an offer to settle
2: right. Someone mentioned uh, the Rattler's owner will just pay everything. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that guy, that they're, they are so invincible and so eager to – they pay travel costs for other teams. I mean, maybe we'll get, you know, an uh, angel investor to just wipe away this lawsuit. Well,
0: I think that's, that's the thing. That's what we've been trying to do, though. We've been trying to get the money. And that's another thing we want to talk to the commissioner about is where – you know, what was the league looking to get as far as an investment?
2: Right. And where
0: where did it go wrong? At what point was it like, eh, we, you know, we graciously decline?
2: Right. Yeah. So I think that one of the biggest things mentioned here, which is sort of lost in the whole story, is that the AFL failed to secure venture capital, which when we talked to Bo last time, he was discussing the AFL as being looked at as a startup business now. Mm-hmm. We're looking for investors to continue expansion as a company that's generating revenue through betting, et cetera, et cetera. And looking at it as a startup model, they were unable to secure invest investors and that that had already brought them to the brink. That, that's, that's another major point here is that the AFL potentially was already not going to play in 2020 as usual because they simply didn't have the money to do so and they didn't meet their funding goals and they didn't weren't able to sell the AFL as expected. Yeah, I think a lot of us, when we first heard that he was, uh, or that the AFL was being positioned like that, were a little bit concerned because the AFL is not traditionally a profitable business. So you're showing a bunch of investors, hey, here's a uh, model that's failed for 32 years. Uh, do you want to put your money into it? Like, I don't know how many people would do that. So... That's the thing that sort of threw me, and that's the huge concern. Other than the lawsuit, which is just like the cherry on top of being like, okay, yeah, no, definitely not. Like that's the straw that broke the the, the season's back.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't see a I'm, no, I'm not a money guy, I will admit, and I don't know what it takes when it comes to trying to woo capital, you know, extra capital from different people. But if they've had a, a people coming in and out. You know, and all of them are saying no, 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 for whatever reason, this, that, or the other. It, it, we don't hear about it. And it can get frustrating because, you know, so much momentum. You know, and I guess going back to Arena Bowl, us, where there was supposed to be an announcement, it was put off, all this talk about Cleveland and, or Pittsburgh and, or Louisville or whatever it was going to be, to bring us up to eight teams and possibly ten it you know it, it's just just completely gone
2: right we and we were speculating at the time just looking at the draftkings numbers you know we don't have the data that bo was saying is what they're leveraging like data is what they're selling um and that's what the afl will make money on they don't even necessarily they care but they don't necessarily rely on butts and seats mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. about who's engaging with the broadcast who's engaging with the betting and I'm just guessing, you know, that they went to investors. They gave them the data that they gathered last season, which was their essentially their pilot season. Uh, you know, here's what this looks like. Here's what this can do, and it just wasn't sufficient for investors. I mean, that's. I think it's as plain as that. I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but we saw the DraftKings numbers. That stuff was public. Yeah. Um, and it just it wasn't good. So, you know, I, I appreciate the way they were trying to position the AFL and, and trying something new. And for a year we got an amazing sort of golden version of the AFL that harkened to the old days. And it was, it was a really great year and it was a great experience. And if this was going to be the last year, no matter what, at least it was a good year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, John, where do you see things where
1: they may have gone wrong? Uh, I don't even know. I mean, that's so hard to answer because where they went wrong right now is what we see is what happened in 2009, 2012. I don't see anything that really went wrong in 2019. I I don't, it's hard to say what has gone on behind the scenes when it come or when it's come to like trying to get capital raised for the next year or expansion cities or the future. I mean, I can't even speculate because I just don't know what went on behind scenes. Right.
2: We know that the AFL, for its entire existence before last year, was surviving because franchises were surviving. The league was sort of the shell. The franchises did or didn't make money did or didn't have owners that were just willing to lose money and were just happy to keep their teams afloat because it was a great community thing and, you know, whatever it was. And since this year relied entirely on a single business, success or failure, that may have killed the AFL. Now, for a minute, it looked like, oh, that's awesome. We don't have to worry about this anymore. Monumental is the the backbone of this thing. They're rich. They, you know, they'll fund anything. Yeah, but Uncle, Uncle Ted. Uncle Ted's little wallet his little pocketbook, you know, he thought maybe that would never dry out and it only took, you know, a basically a year for that to dry out. And I think I don't blame them necessarily for not wanting to continue to lose money. But I, I think that if we're going to say what went wrong, not that there's anyone to blame, but it's that the AFL is a single entity business that wasn't c- generating revenue and no longer could rely on local franchises to sustain the league model. And, Unfortunately, that wasn't a way to run an arena football league. I that's my thought on it. My speculation.
0: I I think there are some issues too with some of the other. You know, not everybody was in Albany. You know, uh, right? We, right, we right. knew there were issues with Baltimore. There are, were our issues with Baltimore and DC. But I think DC got better. Baltimore did not.
2: Yeah, and, and credit told- credit to them. Credit to Bo and Company and Monumental for sustaining those teams. I mean, those teams are, were not probably generating much money, but, you know, the reasons they exist was because it was a single entity. So I want to give credit to them for, for, for sure. that.
1: And what of Columbus? I know from working for the league last season and spending almost every home game that Atlantic City had there that I think they were doing well. I think I'll agree with... With how Atlantic City felt and how the league felt, I think Atlantic City was a good product, oh, I do too, and we heard that on the on the interview uh, yeah with
0: commissioner bow is that you know uh the 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 radio host had had just you know talked or lunch with their their newest uh c o o and they were yeah, se- that's and, crazy. And, and they were selling well Atlantic City I think was a good market you know and what their what their model is that uh, that uh, Bo talked about was, you know, not to season tickets, but to get them out into – out in the community and sell yeah. the game. So,
2: and the sad thing is that Atlantic City can do as well as it wants, but they're the small piece of a pie. Like Atlantic City is not an individual business. Right. So, you know, if, if Atlantic City – Atlantic City can't save the AFL, unfortunately. Like one successful piece of the pie – isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to do much in the single entity model necessarily. Albany, a huge success. I mean, Albany had to be at least almost profitable or maybe even profitable based on ticket sales, you know, whatever they brought in. And, and that couldn't generate enough money, of course, to sustain a bigger business mm-hmm. that, you know, especially when you're dealing with Washington, Baltimore, uh, Columbus maybe was a loss. Columbus I don't know. was
0: getting better. Near the end of the year, they were getting better.
2: Yeah, even, and even, I'm sure
0: they would have gotten despite better despite their record. They, I think, the crowds actually started to grow a little bit. Yeah, legitimately, legitimately, and even after that first first game in Atlantic City, I think it got better because we we know that it was it was probably heavily papered for that very first game in, in in Atlantic City, but it 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 grew, it grew. I think it. I would hope that it did better than they than they than they expected. So, um, can I mean, right now, the it is the the lawsuit that's looming over the AFL and a potential twenty twenty season. Can the AFL escape from this, and how to do that? And that's that's something that Commissioner Bow had also he, he mused about. I don't know if it were how how structured of an idea this was yet against something we need to, to, we want to talk to him about. And it was this, this idea of doing a, a tour, a touring season. And again, a lot of players that I've spoken with have, they've been very, you know, very mixed about it. But what, if you happen to miss the interview, what, and a quick TLDR version of what, what he said is that they will travel and have a, and to get a national footprint to to show everybody the game of arena football. So even though you don't have a team, so to speak, being run in Albany, you would still have an Albany team. He also talked about, um two teams wanting to use all six of the current teams wanting two each two teams to be in a certain region together where they can work out live practice etc so everybody all two every two teams would have a, a specific region that they would be in and that seems similar by the way it sounds very similar to what the what the tv layout was last year when it came to how, say, as an example, said Bonner was uh, assigned to the Atlantic City, Philadelphia region to do TV.
2: Um, but then, and they would, how Baltimore and DC function as franchises. Right. We're sharing resources. Yes. Yes.
0: And then um, he mentioned that there would be, uh, they would still play in home cities, even though uh, it wouldn't be full time. Uh, he mentioned the idea of uh, playing two home games actual home games in your home arena and however many games that are left in in the season, they would go from city to city to basically preview the game to other cities. And they were talking about how it was very similar to what the Premier uh, Lacrosse League was doing. I think what people forget also is that the Big Three is currently doing the, ba- that the basketball league. Um, the... Uh, China, uh, AFL did the exact same thing, too. And what many people may forget, if you haven't been around the league for a long time, it's back in its heyday, the Arena Football League also experimented with doing this. Back in 1989, where they did very similar things that Commissioner is was mentioning. Now, John, when you hear this idea, and it's, it's not a normal quote unquote football league that we know. When we think of, of traveling, we think of these lower tier leagues where it is a league run, a, usually a single run league team that can't find a home, can't get a, a lease or something like that. What's your thought when you heard the, the, the idea of this, of this barnstorming season? whether it be one or multiple years, uh, when the idea came out.
1: Well, I, I mean, I'm just concerned about is this going to, like, be self-defeating? I thought the, the goal is to always gain more fans. Mm-hmm. And unless we still keep the same teams in the same regions, we're not going to be generating... I, I just... I don't know. I'm so worried. There's too many questions. Like, what 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 other stops would they make? And mm-hmm. is the traditional AFL ever going to be back, or has that been abandoned? Those are right. the things I'm thinking.
0: And it's fair. Yeah. it's fair question to it's questions again. We want to give the commissioner Bo, but it makes me wonder: is are those questions to ask? Some that I'm sure that we can ask now. And then if they make the decision to do it, we can ask him after to expound a little bit more on it. But Ben, when you first heard about the idea, what, what were your thoughts? Because I know, I know well, you're a football purist. I know, John, I know you're football purist too when it comes to what what an actual season is.
2: Well, I, I my first reaction isn't necessarily out of the purist mentality. I think whatever it takes, I'm happy to get on board with it at this point. And even given what I'm about to say, I'm on board with the touring model If it is indeed the only way to keep this league alive. But my initial reaction was the AFL has only been successful when teams like Albany have grassroots support, filling a stadium, sustaining a local community's need for a professional sports franchise. And the AFL has not really succeeded when it's tried to become a national product as we saw when everything blew up in the late 2000s and as we saw last year, which apparently did not really work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The idea that the single entity model and data leveraging and and sports betting and all that stuff. Um, So I see this as a far more extreme version of what they were already doing, which is you don't necessarily care as much about the people in the stadiums or the community supporting the teams You care more about getting more people interested in the brand arena football. That's why he keeps saying national footprint. That's what he means. He means they want more people to be aware of the AFL because the local markets aren't necessarily the focus. It's trying to get people on DraftKings. It's trying to get people to tune into streams, people that are not necessarily even going to games at all but are spending money betting or whatever else they can uh, think to do. Uh, programs to keep people engaged so this is a more extreme example of that and so that's that's my that was my biggest fear last year uh, the, where we were going away from that grassroots model so i i just feel that this is doubling down on it
0: i mean isn't the league afraid of, as you said that we're looking to, to get more fans isn't the league afraid of of alienating these six cities what fans there are in each of these six cities because uh, yes yeah, yeah, there are fans in each of these six cities that d- despite what the attendance numbers are
2: Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they care. I mean, they care. Of course they care. And and they don't want to burn people, although they will in doing this. Mm-hmm. But um, I think those same people have to think about this in just terms of survival mode. If If this $2.4 million lawsuit prevents them from staffing teams in separate cities and the only way to do this and the only way to keep these teams that we've loved in you know Philly's example for for many years, and Albany's example reaching back so far, in order to keep these teams alive, there's going to have to be a sacrifice in the interim to get through this period of legal hangups. Yeah. And so I do think people are going to be scorned, but that's you know that's just they're going to have to deal with it. And I and I'm worried that this won't work, and that that will be the end of it, and that it'll be like kind of a weird year. But but if I'm if it's me and you, Tim, who are just lifers, and all we want to do is—I mean—and you—and you're actually, honestly, a very good example of this. You are someone who doesn't live in an AFL city. Yeah. You're actively engaged. Mm-hmm. You're a content creator, and and you're sort of, although you don't engage necessarily in the betting, you are an active brand person. Yeah. So
0: I'm if a you think brand of people, ambassador.
2: You're a brand ambassador, Tim, and so people like you are who the AFL want to remain engaged, and so I think. Hopefully, people will stick with it if this does happen.
0: And by the way, John, you were mentioning before how it would work. I'll just give you a quick example. So in oh in '89, uh, because there are so few teams, and there was there was only a uh, a five week schedule that year. So the first week they played at home and home. The next week, a one one team played a uh, team team did play at home. Actually, no, I'm wrong. No, 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 it's week two, sorry. Um, Sorry. Week one, it was, either way, it was was traditional home, home and away. But within week two, that's where they started to preview or an exhibition, even though they were regular season games, have an exhibition game in these other cities. What's funny is Maryland, that year, they played in Baltimore. Where? Royal Farms Arena. Yes. I kid you not, guys. Um, They also went to Sacramento. Richmond, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, Atlanta, Georgia. And then they actually played a a playoff game in Sacramento. They played a uh a semifinal to go to the Arena Bowl. And I would love to go back and see what people thought. Cause obviously this was only the year three. And it and the downsizing was because and the change was because of the, the money issue and the, the infighting. Wow. This sounds so similar. The infighting with uh, the the owners and uh and foster. So, you know, obviously the did it exists back then stuff like that and I can only imagine guys the comments. We, probably the same type of comments. If the league goes sue with this, which I'm open to by the way cuz hell I was open to I was open to the uh to the aggregate scoring.
2: <laughs> if you can get into aggregate scoring, you yeah. can get into the touring model. Yeah, exactly. Tim Capra 20 Tim, Tim takes what he can get Yeah, yes. have Yeah. Yeah. I respect that.
0: So I guess you're seeing there, John, none of those cities necessarily became... uh, They actually did. Uh, Cincinnati became a a home for a team. Uh, Sacramento did. And then later on, way later on, Atlanta did also. So it's just a matter of
2: how it will be structured. Yeah. And, And it's certainly to me... Uh, on top of everything else I would said previously, it does sound expensive to me. Like yeah. the the Tampa Bay Storm, uh, among other things, it sounded like the burden of travel costs, without having Orlando and and Jacksonville in their vicinity, was just getting prohibitively expensive. It's very expensive to fly football teams around. It's a lot of people, a lot of staff, and if you're gonna play games in Vegas. You're going to suddenly incur those costs tenfold when teams mostly last season were driving. Columbus was the only team that was harder to reach uh, for for teams. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it sounds like it's not like going to save a
1: ton of money. Well, if, I yeah. agree. I definitely agree with that. But from something I read or heard somewhere, they're going to possibly plan to have players in a regional center practicing and living in the same area.
0: That's, yeah, I mentioned that. That's exactly what the commissioner mentioned. Something to that. Yeah. Something to that effect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sorry guys. uh, I I fell, I fell out of the show. You know, I've got a lot of wind here and it knocked out my power, but I guess it wouldn't be Halloween without um, Not howling winds. Yeah, howling winds and no and suspending power. suspending
2: operations. Yeah,
0: what's your what's your thought on that, John? Cuz we mentioned that and I think even though this seems to save money because you're only doing one location or or three locations, you know, region, you know, three regional locations. What, what's what's your what's your thought on that? I mean, do they do you dare place one in the west, one in the one in the central and one in the east in the United States, or like I had mentioned before like with which it was for t v and said Bonner he was in the Atlantic City Philadelphia region for his broadcasting
1: what yeah um i as I guess it's gonna have to be based on whatever the actual model is gonna look look like uh. It's, just a lot to speculate on. Yeah, I would yeah. I would I mean I would assume that yeah, it would be smart to have two teams per region or or something to that effect. Right.
2: And and essentially, like I've said already on the show, I mean that's that's exactly what Baltimore and DC are. Yeah. They are two technically separate teams that are sharing organizational resources almost across the board, including lodging last year. Um so that's already an example of them pulling that off. Now, when you have teams like Albany and Philly, which are not close, uh, like for example, who is Albany going to share resources with? Columbus? Like, wait, how? I mean, that's. Ins- because- I mean, unless they find an equidistant location, that's still a travel burden, and you know. Oh I yeah, mean,
1: that's a great distance. Yeah. Uh, that's like a 15-hour distance by car. Yeah. I know, so I know it's
2: hard to imagine just based on where the teams are located, even though everyone's pretty close based on, you know, what we've had in the past, it's still a little bit tricky to wrap your head around it. But if they're considering essentially every game an away game or a travel game, if there's only two Albany home games and Albany lodges and operates out of Philadelphia or something, then they're just going to travel like it's an away game, which I, I do think that's, you know, somewhat viable i mean it's it's if you just look at the brigade and valor it's it's worked before it makes sense it definitely saves costs but the question is just scheduling that and 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 the traveling costs and it's it's a lot to consider and what about these arenas and
0: yeah how the hell I know. Well, they're, and, what, yeah. they're also one-offs though and, and, and i think it also goes to how are they going to do it are you going to do like the like the model did for the china arena football league and you're going to have three games over two days that, that's the other thing we need to think about.
2: Yeah, that and that to me just sounds like impossible or, or not a good idea because I, I was saying off mic when we were just talking before the show, like the AFL doesn't have enough interest to establish residency in Las Vegas for three nights. I mean, maybe Las Vegas, but not Philadelphia or something. It's not like people are going to turn out for an AFL game three straight nights in Atlantic City even. That's just sort of a—I mean, maybe, but I don't think in a non-tourist city that would work. Yeah. In China, it's different because it's like, I don't know, it's a foreign product. Maybe that is initially an attention grabber. And correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, AFL China is still functioning, correct?
0: They're only going to be bringing back their second season in 2020.
2: Right, No. yeah, like I know this year didn't didn't go, but... No, well, their first, the first season was in 20, 2016. Yeah, that was a while ago. But but the, but it's just funny, like, AFL China still exists. In and name, if the well, AFL... Thing, goals, in
0: name, you're right, in name, it exists. They've been trying it, to do this,
2: this, and this, but... It exists and may employ several of these players. Yeah. As it did in 2016.
0: By the way, you're talking
2: where... It, let's
0: say, for instance, if the region for Albany and Columbus... Wouldn't it be funny if they placed them in Pittsburgh?
2: It would, be, or it would in, be laugh out loud funny.
0: Or in Cleveland?
2: Yeah. Well, for Columbus, that would be delightful. Yeah. For Albany, that would be a bear.
0: Yeah. But I'm curious to see what. And again, we there's so many questions we have for Commissioner We We'd love to know what they're thinking. How serious is this idea? Is this model the only idea besides folding? We're talking about for the league. It kind of sounds like it. (laughs) Based on everything you said, it sounds like it. it. To play. Is there anything else? Unless you have this, as you said, you know, Ben, they they get this big angel investor who's able to, you know, know, I guess there are other options where the AFL in AF1, Arena Football 1 could go, you know, file for bankruptcy. Sell off all their things, sort of like what Jerry Kurz did back in t- 2009.
2: Yeah, maybe someone yeah, I Yeah, mean, that's possible. I mean, look, I, I think it's time for Giancarlo to pay it forward. We, <laughs> we, we shipped you out to the U.S. We gave you your game. Now it's time to pony up. $2.45 <laughs> $2. million. Why are that over from Italy? Let's make this happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> the conversion rate. They should find some European investors.
2: Oh, I like this. See, this is now we're thinking.
1: Yes. These are big ideas. <laughs> Isn't there a, a, some rich dude who, who
0: happens to live in, what was it, in Portland and happen to, happens to own Amazon? Come
2: on! <laughs> oh, my God, Bezos buying the AFL. Oh, man. I, I wonder if he and Leonsis get tea every once in a while.
0: I don't know. I don't know. But it's, you know, and we were, we were joking before. You know, I, I was joking and saying it, you know, we don't want it to be our, our last show. We we don't want it to be our last show. We're dead serious because, you know, if this doesn't work, the the league. You know, we joked about it before. You know, the league will be done, very possibly done, and everybody's talking about we'll, we'll take a year off and come back. You and all th- guys, all three of us knows that we don't think there's any way in hell that this league takes a year off and it comes back.
2: Yeah. If if the league uh, succumbs to the lawsuit and decides it's not financially viable, that's, to me, just the end, period. And a good question that was brought up
0: on the message boards was that does the league have any ramifications themselves and going after... This
2: group that did not pay it. Because- I'm guessing. I'm guessing they they don't have any. Like the the dream version of this is somehow this gets hooked on Jerry Kurz and he has to suffer the consequences. But I truly believe that when the AFL, uh, when all of these assets were sold mm-hmm. to Leontis and Co, they inherited the financial. And legal liabilities of the previous organization. I don't think the individuals the individuals aren't really aren't named in the lawsuit. They're no, it's just teams. So unfortunately, that's I wish. But it's so damn it's, it's
0: damning though. It's damning because it's 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 Jerry Kerr's name on everything.
2: Yeah, it sucks that the AFL didn't know about this before. And we don't know if they did or didn't, but that's- you have to assume they wouldn't have initially gotten into this business if they knew there was a gigantic question mark that could come back to bite them in two years, you know?
0: And that will be another question we want to ask.
2: Yeah. So,
0: um, should we do our good, bad, uglies? (laughs) (laughs) Everything's ugly.
2: Um, The frat does
0: not like that. One thing I think we can say, which, you know, out of everything that we have said, obviously, And I I was, I don't know if you guys got the email, but getting an email from Jordan in Albany thanking everybody for everything that, not necessarily that we quote unquote put him through, but everything that that he was able to experience, you know, working with us all. And he even said here, he said, let's. Let's, you know, if you have any, you still want to chat offline, here are my coordinates and we can do so. We we, we think we, we go to so many games and, but we sometimes forget about, you know, all these are people too, even though we're dealing, we may deal with them on a, on a, you know, on an email basis or whatever, but you know, these, these people did lose their jobs also. But we, but we obviously, anybody that we have ever dealt with, we want to thank because, Yo, you let us in the building. <laughs> yeah, you let us run around. You let us in the building, so we can't thank you enough.
2: And we hope you get your arena bowl rings.
0: Oh yeah, and oh no, yeah. Mm. But but if I just meant overall. Any you know, oh, I know, and, I know. Yeah, the guys in Columbus and, and yeah, Philly yeah. and and mm. obviously, you know, we want to thank the fans. You know, I would have been talking to myself for twenty years if it. Were, you know, if 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 I didn't have people listening to us.
2: And in some ways we are. (laughs) No, but I, yes.
0: Um, but we can't, we can say this. I mean, if we, we will be back. We, uh, the three of us will be back no matter what. We have ideas of what we want to do. And we can say there have been questions before. Will the, will arena, will arena fan cover the other leagues? The answer straight up is no, no, we won't. We were born for the Arena Football League. We will die with the Arena Football League, so to speak. (laughs) But the site will still live on. That I can tell you. It will always be around if the league doesn't. We'll always be around to be an homage, a remembrance, a historical look at, at Arena Football, the Arena Football League. So. You know, we've we got to see what happens. You know, commissioner said in a couple of weeks we'll find out. Um, I'm hoping that we will get some answers by the time from the commissioner. We'll be able to have him have him on and speak with him and, and, and get his insights. Because, he's again, as I mentioned before, he's always been very open to us. Straightforward. Even though we, we may not, you know, even though we don't necessarily toss those softball questions he's always been able to try to answer the questions as best as possible that he can. So. but either way, I mean, it, it, we're we're in shock, guys. I know it's a couple days later we're still in shock, but it's you know where as life has been, where it, it's it's there's still something there for John for you. there's there still will be something there, hopefully that's that's all that we can wish for. It's something new. You know what? It's something new. We'll get blasted like we normally do on social media. All the haters will come out and say, oh, why don't you just fold up already? And, 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 and both, all three of us will give you the proverbial finger. You know, haters will hate. They I mean, will. I get it.
2: Haters will hate. And uh, gonna you know, hate. They will. The all, and the, the regardless.
0: The only thing I, I got to say to them is, uh, how many years has your league been around?
2: Oh damn! So Tim Capper's coming at you with straight fire at the moment. You are on notice. Um, am I, yeah, on, I, am mean, I? on fleek? You. Oh, you may be on fleek. I mean, I, I you're, you're <laughs> verging on fleek, and I think we're all very nervous about that.
1: He's, it, he's ringing hell's bells on Halloween. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Here
2: we go. What are you gonna say, Ben? I interrupt. Uh, just sort of in summation to, to what you were saying. You know, if the, if this is the end. Uh, this community will still exist. All these human beings still exist. And and some of what made the AFL so much of what made the AFL so great is the community. And we'll all still be online. You know, we're all friends on Facebook and we're all in the arena fan boards and, and uh, we'll all still be in touch. And, and as for the players, we can only hope that this is only the beginning for them and that the XFL and other leagues like that open up opportunities for, their careers and and to watch those people live on i mean mm-hmm. to to see matt Nagy, you know and and coach fury in the in the nfl that's so rewarding yeah and those stories for the next 40 years will never stop happening and that's the thing Just too if, if a the league of- dies these things still live on yeah and a lot of
0: people need to remember too without the arena football league we wouldn't have some of these stars that are out there today some of these yeah. well-known coaches the Saints wouldn't have their head coach,
2: most likely. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean the freaking head of the Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall yeah. of Fame, Kurt Warner. He's our guy. Where would He's Kurt
0: Warner Baker. be without the AFL? Honestly,
2: stop and chop. Maybe Kruger's.
0: <laughs> Piggly Wiggly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, the AFL has a has a legacy, and I, and it's not well known and that's a shame that more people aren't aware of the afl's uh footprint mm-hmm. but that's something that you know as fans we'll always have that you know if, if anyone always asks you what was that thing you were so obsessed with <laughs> we'll we'll be able to go down the laundry list of amazing stories that emerged out of the afl and all yeah. the people who yeah. even who knows coming up might get coaching jobs might play on in different leagues and and uh, the legacy will always exist.
0: 33 is, years, I mean. Yeah, there are stories to tell. Yeah. We, the AFL tonight may be rebranded if the league goes by. But there are stories, 33 years of stories that I'm sure everybody who follows this league would just love to hear.
2: Yeah, if they're not too scorned.
0: Yeah. No, I, that, that, those are the best type of stories. <laughs>
2: That's true, Tim.
0: Those are the best type of stories. So, it's you know it, again, it, it what we got to see what's going to happen. I mean, um, I mean, John, can you add any, anything else to what
1: what we've said? I mean, in summation. I would just like to thank all the fans. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but for real, <laughs> information. About- no, it's it's not goodbye. It's see you later because it's just like mm-hmm. you said. There, we 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 will have plans.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We'll, we will be back, yeah. and we will be back if it's a touring model or if there is no yeah. AFL. Yep. Yeah, and you know what?
0: And you know what? I don't know how well this will start, but just to show how you feel about the AFL and its history. If you've been, whether you've been a fan of it for a year, whether you've been a lifer since 87, whether you just came in after just for the John Bon Jovi era or, or, or for John Elway, no matter the good or bad that he did for the league, just, just rep the league itself on social media, whether it be social media or on Facebook with the hashtag arena football family forever. We love to. We curious to see how how it would pop up, how 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 if it can go quote unquote viral. Hashtag Arena Football Family forever. But it's
2: so a long hashtag. I know. Right? It takes up a lot of characters. Yeah, man. just like we should. Save I think the Arena AFL, Family. God, well, I, I've
0: always said. Remember, we've always been a part of the Arena Football Family. If you go AFL Family, it's, it's some people. It's that you go. You, if you go hashtag. Because I, I we we've even had it here for AFL tonight where people have wanted to mention specific and, and they go at uh, hashtag AFL tonight and like well and they're talking about the Australian
2: Football League right if you tag AFL on Twitter it comes up with a little icon That's <laughs> definitely not our
0: icon not a, so that's what I'm saying it's, it's always we've always been part of the Arena
2: Football Okay, hey, hey, if it helps us go
0: viral let's do yeah, it Arena Football family so I mean Arena Football family forever but. Yes, so we will be back. We, again, we are hoping to have the, uh, the exclusive interview with, uh, with Commissioner Randall Bowe. When we do, we will make sure that we get that to you. Um, you want to listen to this show or any of the ones that we've had before, uh, you can head over to, uh, to SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, like Google Play Music, or Apple Podcasts um, and take a listen. But uh, this isn't Goodbye. It is, we'll see you later. And we're hoping to speak with you in the next couple of weeks. So um, for everybody here at AFL tonight, for John Stark, for Ben Fraternalli, I'm Tim Kapper. Watch the rebound off the net.